Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday, August 24th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians wake up this morning in San Diego with a three-game lead in the American League Central Division thanks to a 3-1 to victory over the Padres last night, uh, late into the, the early morning hours. Uh, Jose Ramirez comes through with an RBI single in the eighth inning after uh, Oscar Gonzalez and Andres Jimenez both homered off of Mike Clevenger, and uh, the bullpen delivers four and a third innings of scoreless relief again uh, to to get the Guardians to uh, another victory uh, to open this six-game road trip on the West Coast. Uh, just uh, It couldn't have gone any better for Terry Francona and the Guardians last night. Yeah, just a uh, really a, a strong, strong uh, you know effort by the bullpen. Uh, right now, Sandlin is working on a 13 and a third inning scoreless streak. Karen Check is on an 18 inning scoreless streak. Uh, Class A earned his 29th save and 23rd straight save. And uh, Stephen, Trevor Stephan pitched the eighth. And Joe, in the last, in his last, since September 15th, he has a 1.04 ERA. And has allowed three earned runs in 26 innings. So yeah. they're, you know, they say hitting is contagious. Maybe relief pitching is contagious as well. It it really seemed that way. Stefan struck out the side uh in in the what the eighth inning. Uh Karinchak in the seventh had to work. Both he and, and, and Stefan had to work uh to get through their innings. But it was it was sort of like one of those typical outings for both of them. Also, I think, you know, the the layoff there, they they had a couple of days where neither of them pitched. And, uh, you know, it's been a while. It, it's understandable. Maybe there's a little a little rust to knock off there. But uh, in, in both cases, you know, you just got the feeling when they came in that, you know, that inning was taken care of. Uh, I want to go back to Nick Sandlin, who came in in the fifth inning with a runner on base and uh, Jorge Alfaro uh, coming to the plate. Uh it really Sandlin was able to go up there and just spin him into the ground with some really good off-speed stuff uh and, and you know pump fastballs past him it was uh it was it was one of the more intriguing at bats of the game i thought uh because you would you would take an Aaron Savali out out you know maybe a batter earlier than you necessarily wanted to but you could tell that 
Savali was was at the the end of the line, and you needed somebody to come in and give you one good at bat, and uh, Salen did that. And then he came out and he uh, he he had another uh, you know good inning in the sixth. Yeah, he was throwing wiffle balls up there, right? Uh, just by watching on TV, his slider is so had so much movement. And the good thing is, Joe, you know, when he got sent down earlier in the season, it was because he couldn't control that slider, and he mm-hmm. was, you know, he was working so fast that you know he 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 looked out of rhythm to me. But last night. You know, his ball was, you know, he controlled it. When he did get out of the zone, he was able to bring it back in. You know, and then he, you know, he retires, you know, four straight guys. You know, he ends the fifth, and then he retires the the side in order in the sixth. Uh, Just a great job by him. And, you know, I know what Tito was saying after the game and reading your game story that he could really be, you know, a key part to that bullpen coming down the stretch here. Yeah, Tito was talking about Sandlin last night after the game the way that he talked about Eli Morgan earlier in the season. You know, he said we can use him as a weapon. He gives guys a different – he gives us a different look than most of the other guys in the pen right now. Uh, and and I'll tell you, you talked about uh, throwing wiffle balls. From my perspective and my vantage point, uh, at least two of the pitches to Alfaro were in the left-handed batter's box by the time they they got to the plate. Yeah. I mean, the the like you said, the movement is incredible. And you just you feel bad for a, a right-handed hitter who's got to try and wait on that pitch, and it just it never seems to get there. Yeah, and uh, he it was really it was really fun to watch. And uh, I don't know if that home plate umpire had a very good a night. Uh, Stu Sherwater was was struggling big time, man. Yeah, I I'll tell you what, uh, Brandon Drury uh, didn't make it out of the fourth inning as the designated hitter for the Padres. And he complained about a strike, a third strike call, and you know, looking at uh, Statcast and looking at the replay, and actually looking at it live, uh, I I thought he had a pretty good argument uh, all the way around. Um, it, it, he just must have said the magic words. In yeah, got got to teach these guys how to argue and 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 <laughs> stay in games because uh, you can't say what he said and and expect to stay in a ball game. Yeah, especially what they lose Juan Soto before the game, just before game time with a back injury or a tight back, and and all of a sudden you you know you lose you lose Drury, and uh, you know you're really kind of you're up against it if you're uh, Bob Melvin. Yeah, and you wonder. Uh, I'd be curious to see uh, this afternoon uh, if uh, if Soto's in the lineup again because you know that that's uh, a, a tight back might not be a just a one game thing, but we'll. We'll see if the uh, the Guardians can get away with not having to face Juan Soto today. Uh, as far as what's going on uh, around the the rest of the division, uh, last night the Twins lost uh, for what the the fourth straight time. Uh, they they fell to Houston, almost got no hit. Justin Verlander threw uh, six no hit innings, and then uh, the bullpen tried to give a give away a four run lead in the ninth. But uh, the, the Astros hung on, uh, the Twins lose. Uh, so now Cleveland's lead is three games. It's the most it's been all season in the in the AL Central. Uh, earlier, uh, the White Sox fell to the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle hits a three-run home run early against Dylan Cease. Uh, but there, there's more to the story uh, than that. Uh, Tony Larusa again under fire 
in Chicago uh, for the way that things uh, sort of set up coming out of the the, the rainout on Sunday. Uh, Larusa was supposed to use uh, had Cease scheduled uh, to pitch in Cleveland on Sunday. Uh, he didn't. He pushed him back, but he pushed him back to Tuesday. Uh, instead of pitching him on Monday, he pitched uh, Michael Waka on Monday. Waka lasted what four batters before uh, getting hurt. Wow! And uh, and both those, both the Twins and the uh, the White Sox, Joe. Not only are they losing games, but they're losing players. Uh, the Twins had to put Byron Buxton, their talented but kind of fragile center fielder, on on the IL, and and you know Tyler Mayle, Mayle, uh one of their uh, you know deadline pickups that they were counting on to bolster the rotation is on the IL with a sore shoulder. And the White Sox had put Grandel and Copic on the IL and now you're and now Waka left early. Yeah, you've got about 40 games left here for the uh the Guardians and it just feels like everything is lining up and falling into place for them to, you know, at least down the stretch be in position to 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 be fighting for a division championship at the, at the in the final week of the season, uh, the, all of their opponents and all of their uh, their competition uh, seem to be struggling and suffering. The Guardians have only what had they've they've had sixteen injured list stints throughout the season uh, this year. Right now, they only have two names on the injury report, uh, and and you know one of them is Cody Morris, who hasn't been with the the club all season. Uh, the other is what, uh, um, Anthony Ghost, who's, who's, who, uh, you know, dealing with a forearm. I, they, this is one of those seasons where it's like, you don't, you're not talking about injuries every day. It just seems like, uh, it, a lot of that probably has to do with the kids just being so young uh, and, and, and new to the game. Yeah, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, knock on wood, Joe, because so often, <clears throat> seasons are changed or derailed by injuries, you know, especially if you have a, a little bit of an older team, you know, uh, that, that guys, veteran guys that have, you know, played the game and, and been hurt. But uh, this, the you know, every once in a while, a season like this comes along where you don't use the IL and you're very, very fortunate. And uh, the guardians uh, should uh, light a candle or do whatever they <laughs> they can because to keep to, they've got to stay healthy going down the stretch. That's a key. Yeah, don't walk under any ladders or anything like that. Uh, last night's game, uh, uh, we we sort of mentioned, but uh, didn't go into any detail. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez early in the game, second inning against Mike Clevenger, uh, waiting on and knowing that he's going to get a, a curveball. Waits on one that, that Clevenger hangs up a little high, keeps his hands back, and just yanked it into the left field seats. Uh, Gonzalez, again, and he was on base, uh, you know, two or three times. He reached on an error, you know, hustling, you know, playing a good right field. Uh, Tito said afterwards that, you know, he's done everything that uh, they've asked of him. They know they're going to get, uh, you know, strikeouts every now and then, uh, just being aggressive up there at the plate. And, and his swing is finding holes and 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 coming through for for this club. He's a real big reason why Framil Reyes is playing in Chicago right now uh, and not Cleveland. And we'll get to Framil here in a second. Yeah, Joe, that swing in the uh, second inning on the home run it was very similar to one he took, you know, over the weekend against the White Sox. 
but he didn't have to contend with a 19 foot wall mm-hmm. as, you, as all the, the hitters do in progressive field. And uh, so it turns into a home run instead of a double. So, you know, you know, this guy's going to hit some home runs, Joe, his, his, uh, you know, pro uh, his pro uh, his profile in the minors says, you know, he's, he's a power hitter, but it is just so fun to watch him play right now and swing the bat and hustle. You know, he's, he's a good player. And the, 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 the thing that keeps coming back to me is how could you leave this guy unprotected? <laughs> you protected everybody else in the organization and you didn't protect this guy. And, and he, you know, signed back with the club and, and stayed with the organization uh, despite being unprotected, that was that's the big key. Yeah, Gonzalez uh, really, really has been showing something lately uh, at the plate. And he, for a big guy, he hustles and he runs so well. Uh, you know the athleticism that he's showing out there. You know the 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 defense is great, the arm is great in in right field, but you know he's showing that he's also playing the game the right way, and that's something that's big. It's huge for Tito. Definitely. And, you know, he's, he's kind of followed their instructions offensively. You know, he, he's not swinging from he, like, he takes like one big swing of bat and in a bat, but then he kind of, you know, kind of reels it in and, and is kind of control looks always looking for, you know, something up the middle or to right field. And when he gets a chance to pull something, he does, but just, you know, he's, he's a much more disciplined hitter than I, than, uh, than I thought he would be. And uh, it's just uh, really, I kind of think it's a reflection on him, you know, being, being able to adjust and, you know, being patient. And that's not always easy for young guys. Yeah. And uh, you want 31 home runs last year between double uh, A AA and triple A. So you know that the power is there and that it's, it's sort of raw and it's coming at some point. Speaking of uh, power that's, that's coming in this, <laughs> that's here and that's been here all season uh 15 home runs now for Andres Jimenez uh and he launched one off Clevenger on a fastball uh in the fourth inning gave him a two two nothing lead uh Jimenez just never stops impressing you with with what he's able to do at the plate in big situations uh and and earlier in the game makes a a diving stop uh in in the first inning to sort of you know, save Aaron Savali in a situation where he could have given up a couple of runs early. Uh, Jimenez playing gold glove defense at second base. Uh, you know, he's gold glove defender and a silver slugger at at, at second base right now. Uh, I think it would not be out of the realm of possibilities to expect uh, that, that that's how he's going to end up at the end of this season. Yeah, just, uh, you know, a great game, another great game by him. I like how he kind of tiptoed down the line after he hit that home run tr- using a bo- some body English to try to keep that ball fair. Uh, but, you know, that was a that was a no-doubter if it, if it stayed fair, and it did. And uh, just um, an all-around, like you said, Joe, he's, he's got an all-around game, and we're seeing every facet of it, def- defensively, offensively. You know, he runs the bases well. Uh, and you know he's got a great arm. Uh, can turn to double play. Just, uh, just got another, another really exciting young player that really is helping them stay in the race right now. 106 miles an hour off the bat, uh, barreled that one uh, last night for for Jimenez. When, uh, when do we start thinking about or start speculating on uh, trying to extend this kid and and uh, you know locking him up as a as a potential core member of this team moving forward. 
Yeah, I would think uh, you know they'll they'll start those conversations in the off season. You know, pursue them in spring training. That's the way they usually work. Uh, maybe if they can get a deal done by the end of in the spring training next year, as they did with Class A and Miles Straw, they'll they'll do something like that. Yeah, I'm 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 really quick to spend everybody's money right now, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you what: every time this kid swings a bat, his price goes up. So uh, you got to look at that as well. Uh, lots of fun there. Uh, we mentioned Fran Mill Reyes earlier. I, you know, in the middle of the the game, as I'm as I'm writing my story, I look over and I'm I'm watching Bart Swain, uh, the, the 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 Guardians PR guy. Uh, he's got the video up of Fran Mill Reyes. Uh, in um in Chicago, wearing the uh the Cubs pinstripes and on the mound in a blowout loss uh <laughs> to St. Louis, Framo Reyes is on the mound pitching to Albert Pujols, and and he actually he hit him, it, position player pitching Framo Reyes on the mound. He hits Albert Pujols. I guess uh they sent Pujols up there looking for you know to get him closer to seven hundred home runs figuring it's a pretty good chance with uh with a position player on the mound that he might might steal one there but instead he gets plunked but Framil's throwing gas he struck out a batter with a 90 mile an hour fastball yeah I saw that too you know and what you know what it reminded me of Joe you know it reminded me when uh when I think when Jose Canseco was pitching for Toronto or playing for Toronto uh-huh. they pitched him against uh uh Boston and he blew out his elbow blew out his know? elbow and yeah. I mean Framil you know when when you're in there like in those situations, you don't throw. You're not throwing ninety miles an hour. You're not trying to blow your arm out. You're you're just lobbing it in there. And the Fran Mill was like bringing heat. I'm I mean, sitting there thinking, God, if I'm if I'm you know a Ross from the um, the 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 manager of the Cubs, I'm telling, him, take it easy, big guy, take it easy. Well, earlier this season, you had early Ernie Clement go out there for the Guardians, and he's throwing knuckleballs, and he's you know he's throwing slow, slower, and slowest. Framo goes out there and and he thinks he's an actual relief pitcher. He's he's yeah, actually yeah. like throwing, and and that's you know whatever. But but Framo in his uh, in his time in Chicago so far, uh, I, I think he's he, he they're they're sort of starting to like him out there. He's he's hitting the ball a lot better than he did in Cleveland. Uh, did did the Guardians sort of let one get away there? Well, I think <clears throat> and you know I when we were talking when he DFA when they when they dfa'd him and when you know the cubs picked him up both of us agreed he could still hit you know it was you know he he just had to get in shape he had to you know maybe have a change of scenery but he was still young enough where he and we still had the power his power hadn't gone away right so you know i think uh, yeah i mean he could this could turn out to be a very good uh, pickup by the cubs uh and i think it was probably a wake-up call to fran mill that Hey, buddy. You know, no matter how secure you think your your situation is, you have to perform. And when and if you don't perform, you know you're going to be looking for a new team. And uh, you know, I think that you know if you look at what happened with Miles Straw last year when he got traded and came over to Cleveland, and uh, you know was playing every day and got a new start. He had 280, uh, so uh, 282 maybe. And and so I think probably the same kind of you know that adrenaline rush happened with uh, Fran Mill and he's helping the Cubs. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see, we'll get a better look next year, Adam. Yeah. It, maybe with a full off season and a, and a training camp and all that, we'll get a better idea. But it, he's a, it, he's a dangerous it, guy. We know that. Yeah. yeah. We we've seen it. We've seen him hit 
450 foot home runs and and not make it even look uh, like it was difficult. So, uh, yeah, Fran Mill uh, off to a good start there in Chicago. Uh, hey, wanted to mention um, the Angels. Uh, Artie Moreno uh, says he's going to put the team <clears throat> or he's going to explore the possibility of selling the team, which means he's selling the team. Uh, so <laughs> it's been about 20 years. He's owned the Angels and he's dumped millions and millions and uh, millions into uh, players and acquisitions. And they, they continue to just not reach the postseason. They continue to just not win. Uh, he's wasting basically the, the prime years of the best player in the game in Mike Trout. He's got a generational talent in, in Shohei Otani, and yet he still can't win. This is a guy who has a reputation as one of the most hands-on owners uh, in baseball. And he's, you know, he's very much like the Jerry Jones of, uh, of the NFL who, who just sort of, uh, you know, gets in the way uh, a bit too much. Um, what could happen with the Angels, uh, you know, looking to sell? And could that mean uh, parts are, are going to be sold off from that Angels team? Or does it mean there's, there's you know, more coming? Well, that's a, that's a great question, Joe. I'll tell you one thing. Hopefully the new owner uh, of the Angels – you know, expands that press box for the, for the, for the BBWA members, instead of giving them a closet, you know, that, you know, how did that war with uh, Moreno and the press work in, in, in LA where he put them in a, you know, a, basically a closet, you know, in uh, for, for their press box. I don't think that worked very well. So hopefully that's the first move they make. I think one of the, one of the things that might happen with a new owner is they might look at, you know, building a new ballpark for them because, uh, that that ballpark is is quite old and and has been through several iterations. I think uh, maybe a new ballpark might might help them. But uh, again, uh, I'm I'm more concerned about what happens to Shohei Otani. I'm more concerned about where he ends up. Does he go to Seattle? Does he go? You, you know he's going somewhere on the West Coast. So don't don't uh, don't Guardians fans all get all crazy and, and think oh. he's coming to Cleveland because. That, that is not the place that you you send uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, Otani definitely plays on the West Coast, uh, you know, somewhere. But you know, does he go to the Dodgers? Does he go uh, to San Diego? I, San Diego's proven that they'll spend whatever. They don't care. They'll just write the check. So, uh, what happens uh, to Shohei Otani? I, I, the Mike Trout, uh, you know, train has, has has sort of pulled out of the station. I, I think. Uh, but Otani's the one that I want to keep an eye on in terms of what happens with this new ownership then. Yeah, that's a great point because I think he can opt out, can he? Can he opt out at the end of this year or next year? You know, he can be a free agent, so that's going to be really, really interesting. Right, I'm not sure he can be a free agent this upcoming season, offseason, but probably the next year for sure. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be you know, fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> speculation on where he could end up, uh, definitely thinking West Coast. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, speaking of thinking West Coast, uh, we're out here. Uh, San Diego is gorgeous, by the way. Uh, woke up this morning and it was a little bit cloudy, but the uh, forecast says 75 and sunny as it does every day out here. <laughs> uh, so, so definitely uh, the, this ballpark, I, I didn't realize it. Guardians haven't been, Cleveland hasn't been out here to Petco Park since 2005, since uh, – and it's it's only the second time uh, it, since the park opened in 2004 that they've been here. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful park in uh, downtown San Diego. It's great. I love that airport. You come flying in, and you're flying in right in the middle of the city. All the <clears throat> there's buildings on either side of you. It's a little scary. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, a lot of fun here, uh, but we're only here for a short time. Uh, flying out tonight to get to Seattle, where the uh, where the the big showdown uh, with uh, with the Mariners this weekend. Four games. Uh, we'll bring it to you uh, all this week. Uh, Hoinsey, we will check in again tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.